Welcome to Talking Art Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. I'm Greg Smith. You've joined us for our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. In today's episode, Creative Craving. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, we've gone back to the OG way of doing things because, uh, quite frankly, Greg is really busy this week, and it's like 8 o'clock or 10 after 8 on a Monday night, and this is with trick-or-treating and everything going on tonight, this is the only slot we have to talk to this week. That's right. And I was, uh, I, I was uh, with the word create, creative craving, I was craving uh, chocolates. Uh, you know, we were having a great discussion today around how uh, different people uh, for Halloween, of course, you have your certain things that you, you buy to give out. And uh, in my family, uh, Josette loves the chocolates and I love chips. So I usually buy little bags of chips and give them out last. So there's, oh, there's leftovers, so I have to eat them. But we just got chocolate this year, but I do have some Kit Kat bars, which are my favorite, that I was really frightened that, because we had a run on kids this year. I think it's post-COVID, and the kids are, you know, just, I think they're they're feeling good to be out again. Uh, but I was a little worried that we were going to have no chocolates left. Um, uh, but shoot, it's okay. We've got a couple Kit Kats left, which after post-production, I will be go, the, the Kit Kat craving is happening. I will have one after. <laughs> and just uh, if you're listening, uh, folks, to to uh, what's going on, we don't sound the same because I'm in my home studio, which is really only good for one person. And Greg is phoning in. This is like, uh, you know, one of the stars on a show can't make it in. So they're phoning in on their cell phone to participate in the, the session. So that's exactly what's happening today. So we've kind of gone back in time. We were thinking about doing Zoom, but uh, I, I think uh, we're, we're doing it by phone. And, and see, I think it sounds better. Hopefully it sounds better after post-production. But uh, yeah, we've kind of stepped back. We had to let Jordan know that we weren't in this week. And uh, because, you know, people miss us if we don't show up at uh, Staples Studio. But yeah, we've gone back the original way that we've been, that we'd done this for probably a year and a half. Yeah. And you know what, Alistair, there's a, a side thing around doing phone versus Zoom. Uh, many people may are, dis are discovering this is that actually for conversations in your workplace, changing it up is so important. And in fact, many, some of the studies are showing that actually when it's one-on-one, -on -one, um, Actually, the phone is more powerful because it does, it allows you to, or it forces you to listen more effectively because, you know, you can see someone, but you can read things and get distracted. So there is something about this. So I hopefully uh, folks will also sense it in our dialogue today with, uh, with uh, really listening because uh, we can't see each other. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's continue <laughs> to move on. <laughs> So we've both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a good discussion today. Mm -hmm. I agree. So creative craving. Many of us have jobs that at times can be very straightforward and sometimes assembly-like or totally out of control with each day looking different or sometimes something in the middle. Many of us itch or find ourselves in a situation where we think we can add something to the problem, situation, or opportunity. And we all have some creativity in us, 
whether we know it or not. So, you have some great ideas, but they aren't the bosses, and they are a little out there, but you have a good feeling for the situation. The bosses aren't interested in anything new, just trusted and true. The department or team isn't open to creative thinking or creative expression. You have some good ideas brewing. You used to work for a place that supported creative thinking and approaches. Your boss loves creativity, as long as it is theirs on display. So, Greg, how does this affect us and our work environment and our relationships? Wow, wow, this one is really interesting. First of all, I love the title, and I do think that many of us deep down inside have a creative craving. We want to contribute. Uh, and and the best organizations are ones that people feel that they, there's a couple of things, but one is that they belong. But secondly, it's that they have an opportunity for input. So they, they believe that they can contribute to whatever you're working on. So when that doesn't exist, uh, people get um, to a stage where they not only lose their creative craving, they actually uh, want to creative creeping, maybe getting out of the place, getting leaving the place because people don't feel satisfied and engagement will drop for sure if people don't have the opportunity to contribute. And I think that's what we're talking about here from uh, creative craving. It's contributing. It's bringing your best self forward, your ideas, no matter what department you're in, no matter what role you have. And boy, oh boy, today, the best organizations that I work with are, are ones that actually have a space and an openness for people to contribute. Uh, the worst ones are the ones that you've described here where it's my idea or no idea, or, or listen, we're not gonna think outside the box. And when you don't think outside the box, you uh, find yourself um, uh, uh, not in need of, of the box at all, or your company will, will uh, uh, you'll need the boxes, you'll need to have to pack up. I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but it's not good. Yeah, I've, uh, I think when we talk about creativity, it means different things to different people. But I, I think in the end, it's all kind of the, the same dynamic. You know, creativity could be problem solving. It could be ways of expression. It could be ways that you paint a picture uh, of what's going on. It could be extracurricular activities that the company does where, you know, people's creativity comes out. And in places that I've worked, uh, most places I've worked, I've had a certain ability and the people around me have had an ability to be creative, to problem solve. And one of the wonderful things that I've experienced in this is, uh, to me, it's usually important that there's somebody working with me or there's a small team or something. Uh, and I can think of a couple of times when uh, I was probably a little over the top and it was nice to have uh, somebody with me that would kind of speak into the situation, go, great idea, but maybe a little extreme on this. Let's dial it back a bit. And, you know, this is something that is probably really, really good. And, and so I, I like it not, um, not so much in a kind of singular fashion, but, you know, working with another person or other people, I just, I just think uh, working in an environment like that where you can use some of that creativity is just a wonderful thing. I agree. You know, there's so much power in multiple perspectives. And certainly these days, you know, if you think about whoever your customer is, they're going to be diverse in, in what they need and what they think. And so uh, by having more voices at the table who can just give you their perspective, because each of us 
have a different journey that we've been on and therefore bring different experiences, different views, different ideas. And, and by just opening it up, you're going to get more of those perspectives. And by having more of those perspectives, you're likely to find a deeper, richer solution idea, all those things. So I'm with you 100%. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes we think of create, creativity, they think, well, that's for the marketing folks, or that's for the design folks, or that's for insert there, but creativity is everywhere. It is about uh, creating a space for people to bring their full selves to work and to bring their perspectives to whatever you're talking about. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? The first one, it is important to know the people that work for us and some of the skills and experiences they bring to the table. I'm always amazed uh, after having some conversations with people, I'm just amazed at the richness of experience and skill sets and interests that people bring into the workplace, which, you know, sometimes spills over and, and helps us in what we do. I love this point because, you know, in most of our podcasts, we talk about the, the importance of knowing your people and knowing their background and experiences. And, you know, there may be others with, that are working for you that are, are quieter. You know, there's the introverts, there's the folks that just don't naturally have uh, uh, a desire or a comfort level in bringing their ideas forward. But the more you know them, the better opportunity you have to say, hey, Alistair, I, I remember we were talking the other day that you actually worked here for a while. And so what, what are some of the thoughts that you might have that might add, or is there anything else? And not necessarily putting them on the spot, but creating the space uh, for them to have voice. Because often it's just creating that space, because especially if you have more extroverted people who love to talk, they'll take up a lot of space. Uh, and if you know their experience and you're able to pull it out, that's beautiful. Because then that one gains confidence, but it also brings uh, broader views to the table. And the next one, are we in a rut in how we are doing our work and the way that we approach it? Mm, it's hard, you know, because um, we, we all get in ruts. We all get into the, um, our, our blinders can be on our eyes on, on what we see and what we do. And if really, if something's not broken or, or if something's working, why break it, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, and, um, and personally, it is so easy as a leader to, to take the easy road sometimes. And sometimes the easy road isn't the best route. And that's, I'm just going to do it myself, or I'm just going to go with my idea going forward. And um, that's a rut. Um, and ruts, um, you can get stuck in those pretty easily, especially if it starts to rain and things, or in the business terms, things start to get a little crunchy, a little stormy. If you're in ruts, those it's hard to get out of. So the more we can kind of open our view, the more we can always uh, be open to challenging our own thinking, uh, the better. And that starts with us kind of uh, being more vulnerable, being more authentic and ensuring people know that. And and sometimes it's like a leader saying, you know what, I'm feeling I'm stuck in a rut. You know, I know that we're under pressure. We're doing that. Is there something else that we're not seeing that we need to see? So it's almost sometimes being vulnerable and, and saying you're in a rut that's going to help you get out of that. Yeah. And I think that rut sometimes it's a comfort thing as well, right? Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's easier. 
And especially if there really aren't any storms and things are doing okay. Um, uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, you don't see the storms that are brewing because you are too comfortable. So uh, having a little bit of discomfort in a safe environment is a, is a good thing. And are we open when someone brings an idea to us or has the courage to raise the idea in a meeting? Are we really open to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at the end of our, each of our podcasts, we always say that we hope people get, have a little bit of churn and a little bit of joy. But when we're feeling that churn, especially from someone maybe that we, you know, we have to be aware of our biases because we've talked in other podcasts where you might have someone who just either looks like someone, sounds like someone that you really don't like. And when they bring ideas for it, those are the people that sometimes, at least for me, I think, oh my goodness, here they go again, or here's this person. And I am trying to shift that when I feel that crunchiness come up, it, it actually is the trigger that says, I got to ask a question, <laughs> but it's hard, especially when it's someone who's kind of, you're kind of crunchy about. And do we appreciate cre creativity, whether it is new ways to communicate or express the business? I don't know, like, you know, are we poised or are we biased against it? And I, I think we're kind of slicing the onion kind of thin here, but really, really good to think about these types of things. Well, you know, we know that the way our brains are, I mean, there's the fight or flight, there's the protective, there's the lizard brain that we want to protect ourselves. So in general, we're on the defense, I think. There's tons of studies that show we're on the defense. And, uh, and there's also tons of studies that say that most of us are self-oriented. So we, we want to listen to what we want to listen to and, or, or we want to listen to ourselves. So I do think generally, um, this is something that humans have to work at. Um, there are some folks that are just so open to everything and it's a beautiful experience. Now they sometimes have a have a different issue of having to kind of take those big bundle of ideas and focus it into something. But more of us, I think, tend to be go more narrow and and uh and that that can snuff out uh creativity. So I'm I'm with you. I do think it is something that we have to appreciate. And sometimes it's about just creating space for it. You know, there are uh some great organizations that just actually carve out time for uh for creativity and they have play days for creativity they have uh, uh like they call physical sandboxes where people can just go in and do wild stuff that allows them to stretch a number of organizations have a percentage of time that they allow so sometimes you actually got to put processes into place that uh appreciate creativity um, because it's not innate. Yeah. And I think that the next two points kind of build on, on this type of, uh, thought, do we allow creativity to incubate within the work environment? And do we celebrate when creativity brings value to the situation? I think these two are linked to, uh, you know, a couple of the previous points and kind of give us uh, a deeper look around this topic. Yeah. And I think sometimes, um, especially in times when you know we tend to be swinging a little bit these days there are organizations that are still uh uh creating space for creativity but i am finding that at least right now with uh 
um, worries of recession. Um, people are starting to cut back and get get tighter. And I think when people start to cut back and get tighter, they they uh, shrink the opportunities for incubation because sometimes creativity takes time. Sometimes you have to allow people to play and work with some things a little bit. And sometimes we can become impatient. So I do think that I think the incubate aspect is really interesting because uh, sometimes you want to have a discussion and then you allow people to go think about it. Um, if you're in an organization where it's like, give me the answers now, we need to have decisions now, um, that is important sometimes, but sometimes you got to let things simmer because the best stews are usually the ones that get to cook a little bit. doesn't mean a long time, but uh, um, you want to really make that happen. So that's the first thing around incubation. The value, I think it's interesting, do we celebrate creativity that brings value? And I would add, do we celebrate um, creativity that might fail, but teaches us something that takes us to a whole new level? So value is the interesting word, I think, in that statement. What is value? It might not be it's a win, a complete win, but as long as it's informing us for growth and moving us ahead, I think we need to celebrate that more. We always celebrate the things that, quote, win, but do we celebrate the things that taught us something that really take us to another level. Uh, so it might be a short-term failure that that results in a long-term uh, bigger uh, win. Well, that was going to be my point about the failure because, you know, you go back and look at any inventor. It didn't work right the first time. And sometimes they created something, but they were actually trying to do something else. And so that failure in itself, there's a huge value to it because you go, well, you don't do it that way, so let's try the next way. Uh, failure and creativity, I think they're, they're, they're cousins. They kind of follow each other around, and it's just part of the process. We're not always right. I love that. And, you know, the best organizations that I work with are ones that actually have, um, uh, what do they call it, almost a wake <laughs> for ideas, you know, where they come and they kind of celebrate. And uh, even even the, the losses and learn from them, and to your point, Many of the best ideas or the most creative breakthrough ideas came from mistakes, whether it's the post-it note, everybody knows about that one. But there's a ton of different ones that are out there that uh, did work for what they thought they were going to work, but it led to uh, something even more important, um, uh, which, which uh, uh, pays off down the line. But how do, we, how do we actually just not only celebrate it, but, but just kind of look at it and and question it and learn from it in the moment. And are we hung up on our own creativity and the accolades that provides? Oh yeah, this is one for sure. I mean, um, uh, and depending on who we are, this is more important, but all of us like to be known for something. All of us, um, whether we're willing to admit it or not, want to be seen and valued uh, for ideas. All of us, you know, who, who do we see held up and put on pillar or uh, pillars or on the stage are those that are the folks with the big ideas. And so it is easy for us to get stuck on that. Um, but, you know, we talked about in many of our podcasts, it's the, the, the best leaders are ones that create the space for anyone to be successful that allows the whole team to be successful. 
uh, to bring things forward. But, uh, you know, we're humans. So again, that uh, fight or flight, that uh, lizard brain kicks in and we want to hold everything back. So. So as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. Be comfortable with who we are and what we do and bring to the table. Uh, I always have the picture in my mind, Greg, of who's willing to go up to the board and pick up the chalk and, and, and do something or show something. And I know in, a, you know, in my past experience, there, there's people that just will not put their hand up, will not go to the board, will not share stuff because maybe, you know, they feel self-conscious or, or, or they lack confidence. And that could be as a result of previous experiences within the workplace. But there's nothing better when you're in a meeting and, and you see that people feel comfortable and jump up and go to the board or, you know, have a, a presentation or whatever it is, and they feel comfortable about doing it. And I really appreciate it when, when people, uh, and you know, some of these people, so, you know, you know, they've been thinking about this, this is a big deal. And I love it when people show that confidence that they feel comfortable enough to get up and do something. Yeah, we well, you know, I think I've said this on a couple of our podcasts, but for me, there, there, are, I do a fair amount of coaching in this space just to help people bring their voice forward. And many of these people are very successful people, but even successful people, when they're uh, in a dialogue that they're not experts in, they may be less willing to kind of share what they think. But the things that I always, and these are things that I've learned from other people, so it's nothing I've created, but it's uh, the first thing is, um, you know, the three unarguable conversations. I'm sure I've said this before. I'm thinking, I'm sensing, and I'm feeling. Uh, is anyone else experiencing that? So, I mean, really, if you say any of those things, if you're really listening to your instincts as to, and you're in a meeting and something's just bubbling up for you, you know, write it down, first of all, if you're not comfortable with it yet. And if it bubbles up a second time, that's almost your your instincts, your inner wisdom saying, this is important to say something. And then if you need to say something, um, either use those three inarguable uh, conversations, which is, hey, you know what? I'm thinking uh, that, express what you're doing, or I'm, I'm feeling that, or, or I'm sensing that, and then follow it up by, does anyone else feeling that, or does that make sense, or, you know, or my favorite one is something's bubbling up, and I, I'm just wondering if I could share, share this thought, and, uh, and then share your thought. The worst people can say is, yeah, that's not resonating with me, but the more you practice it, it's like a muscle, um, so uh, it, it might even not only be comfortable with Yes, be comfortable who you are, but it doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable bringing up those ideas. But what's the waste if you don't? You know, um, and often, I don't know about you, I've left meetings kicking myself saying, I should have said something. I should have said something. But we get the fear of we're going to look silly or whatever. And um, just, set, you know, using one of those techniques and putting it out and, uh, and being okay with people saying, no, that's not resonating with me, uh, is so important. And get to know your boss and know the best time to approach them with the creative fix approach or something or whatever it is, your own creativity, get to know them and, you know, you know, dealing with the anxiety of perhaps approaching them at the wrong time. When you get to know somebody, you just know there's probably a best time to bring up the topic 
uh, and, and share what you're thinking or what you think should be done in a situation. I think that's a great point, you know, because some, we know some of us are great in the morning. Some of us are great at the end of the day. Some of us are good at lunch. And, you know, sometimes in those meetings, it's, it's, it's hard um, because, you know, even if you're, even if your boss is open to your ideas and that, you know, sometimes it's just too stressful. So by building a relationship, just like we talked about in the earlier one, the managers need to do that allows you to say, Hey, Alistair, um, something was bubbling up in that meeting and I wasn't sure about it, but uh, at bringing up in the meeting, but I just wondered, do you have a couple of seconds? I just want to share with you something that I was thinking about. Uh, and knowing when the best time to do that is, is a great idea. And along that line, think through the approach, keeping in mind the audience and how that will better a process, product, or maybe even the working environment. Often people like to get to the point early on or know the approach is getting somewhere. Quite often, uh, I think people get frustrated because somebody has an idea, but they haven't given a lot of thought to what the idea will do, accomplish, or fix. And it's that context. And if, especially if you're a little bit off the wall with your idea, it, it's hard for people to take a look at that and, and buy in if they really don't understand what it's going to be used to do or fix or whatever. And I, I think uh, the best presentations I've seen, you know, somebody's gone, you know, that thing that isn't working that we're struggling with. I think I have a way to approach that. Will you indulge me while I take a little bit of a journey and tell you a story? And okay, that's where we're ending up. Oh, great. Okay. Let's go on the ride. I love that. You know, like uh, um, it's kind of like setting up the conversation before you do it. It's like, uh, and especially if what you're setting up is actually a pain point that people are experiencing, boy, you'll get people's attention. You know, what you just said, you know, that thing that we've been buying out this driving is just batty. Uh, you know, I think I've got an idea uh, can go forward. Well, that will perk the ears up because it's something that solves a problem or a frustration. That's a great idea. But it's, I love that because it's just, it's setting up the, space for people to be more open to listen and support other people's ideas there's nothing more lonely in a room where everybody else is kind of looking down at their notepads or at the wall or away from you and you're sitting there trying to to uh talk about some novel approach or idea or whatever it is and you know you do feel all alone it'd be nice if you support other people's ideas, but, you know, by looking at them, engaging with them and, and showing interest in it and not being scared for them. I know, you know, often people feel embarrassed, not because they're embarrassed, but because they know the other person is embarrassed. So they feel embarrassment as well. So, you know, when somebody's, you know, going for the fence and they're taking the big swing, you know, appear interested, you know, make notes, nod when, you know, at the appropriate times and things like that. And even that just, you know, not speaking type of behavior uh, will hopefully give that other person some, uh, some support. They'll see it. They'll, the, because everybody reads the room, right? Especially when you're in a critical mm. situation like this, where you're swinging hard, uh, you know, you're watching around the room. And, and so, the rest of us, you know, like let's support them. Let's appear interested. Let's nod. That's that's oh yeah, you know, all that stuff that we do when we're having a good conversation needs to come into play at this time as well. Yeah, I agree. The other two things that are bubbling up for me is that uh, maybe ask a question if you kind of see what they're doing, 
but it's not coming across clearly and you know what the you know the pain point is or whatever asking them a question to kind of get them to focus because sometimes when people have an idea they might get a little uh you know excited about the idea and they might get lost in the idea and if you, sometimes it's helpful just to say hey or or even paraphrase i think what i hear you saying is this is that what it you know is that what can you tell us more about that that's a really helpful one that's an encouraging and maybe even shifting for if you know the audience um, the other thing that was bubbling up for me is going back to the knowing your boss also knowing each other um an also beautiful thing to do is is if you have had a conversation if you and i had a conversation before the meeting and you had a really great idea but i can see you're nervous saying about nervous about it, and i think it's a good idea then because saying you know alistair you and i were talking earlier about this and uh, you were talking about this and i think that's a really important point to bring forward can you remind me again what was that and again it creates the space and the encouragement for you to be able to say something but you got to know your person because if they're really really nervous you don't want to set them up and uh for something that's really scary but again there's all kinds of opportunities to to give that support and i think the next point kind of steps on some of that stuff that you just mentioned there be a good supporter which means sometimes we need to step into the creative process to help with limits or just give good critical feedback to help kind of um, uh, focus the conversation and the effort. Yeah, and this is where uh, the opportunity to shift from but to and, we've talked about this in our in our podcast before, you know, being able to say, because I think the critical feedback is kind of key, is how do you encourage and build upon something? You know, if someone is saying not to be a, um, you know, a party pooper on the thing, but be able to say, you know what, I really, Alistair, what I love about the idea is this and this. And uh, I, I'm still a little um, curious, or I, I'm a little worried about this. Have you put any thought to this piece and what we might want to think about that? So that's, again, a beautiful build on the idea and um, ask a question that might enrich it, but that's a that's that critical feedback because sometimes just nodding and cheering on is good, but if your instinct is telling you there's something missing or you're worried about something, again, those are those beautiful phrases. You know, I love what you're talking about there. I really think this has some good potential, and I'm also though a little still churning about this. Ooh, have you thought about that? And it's a it's a great to kind of fueled for the idea but still giving some uh areas of focus and that's why greg you know i mentioned in in kind of the intro there that's why i love this process when you're with one person another person or a small group of people because mm. that's just baked right into the relationship right this this critical feedback helping you uh you know uh how you're expressing it how you're packaging it uh, and stuff like that. That's why I love it when, uh, well, I mean, this podcast is a perfect example, right? We bounce off each other. You know, there's been a lot of ideas on how we created this and how it was going to be presented and everything from graphics to the way that we recorded it. And, and so you and I have, have kind of modeled uh, how important it is to to get critical feedback, people asking questions and, mm -hmm. and, and stepping into each other's creative process so that we can create the best product possible. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think it's important for all of us to help create a good environment where everyone can flourish. And that's our job as an employee to encourage people to sit there and listen, 
to give feedback, bosses uh, to create uh, situations where people feel comfortable to go to the board or to speak up and, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, often employees sit there, uh, you know, I've been in situations where employees have not been as supportive as they probably could have been. And I believe we probably missed some opportunities. So as employees, we have a huge role to play in this as well. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about this, uh, this shared ownership, right? So if your boss is not someone who creates a safe space or maybe doesn't know how to do it, take the lead, you know, and it might be informally, you know, if you are back in the office, it's like um, uh, grabbing a couple people together, like you starting with them saying, you know, I'm beginning to think of this idea um, and I love a broader perspective. Even if your boss isn't invited saying, Hey, Mary, Tony, uh, Omar, can you, can you, can you, uh, would you mind kind of going for coffee with me? I want to throw some ideas around. So creating the space, even if it's not official for bringing your ideas forward, just strengthens confidence of others. So like, uh, definitely encourage your boss to do those things. Uh, but, but if it's not a thing that exists, that doesn't mean you don't have control. It's that circle of control that you can uh, you can still do it and you can bring fresher ideas and the boss if you're in a bad situation the boss still takes your ideas and that's that type of thing it is what it is and you have another choice to make but uh, I, I always we always encourage folks to lead where you are and in the case of creativity that means you know maybe setting up some of those calls and just saying hey can I pick your brain and like you say it's in that it's in the power of that dialogue that great things happen whether it's official or not. That sounds like a wrap up, but do you have more? I mean, you seem to be, <laughs> you seem to be all over this, my friend. You seem to be all over it. Well, so. I love this topic. And I do think that uh, uh, in order to survive in today's world, constantly changing, the more views and perspectives are so important. And um, I do think you got to then get your ideas and move them forward. But the more you can create space for multiple uh, perspectives that can come around an issue, a problem or an idea, the better. Um, the only last thing I would say is that one of the things that I put in one of my organizations was actually um, establishing um, different kinds of conversations. And that was sometimes helpful. So as an example, I, I had one called the discovery dialogue. And so discovery dialogues where I could, anyone can call them. And what they were was it's just an intention to brainstorm ideas. And whoever came, you had the full uh, authority to bring all your ideas forward. And I, as the owner of the idea, had the authority to, to use or not use anything, but, it, but we said it would, it would influence. So it was free flowing, but people knew what it was. Um, and so sometimes just actually creating a space for just brainstorming is, is a really freeing way to bubble up creativity and start those creativity muscles uh, going. So uh, sometimes it's just establishing a space and calling it uh, a, the creative, uh, creative bubbling space or whatever you want to do, uh, and that can really help things go. But there's power in those pr different perspectives. And boy, oh boy, um, uh, don't waste the opportunity to tap into them. Yeah, I think my final thoughts are kind of on the individual 
you've talked a lot about kind of the group, the structure and stuff like that. And I definitely don't have anything to add to that. But I I think my uh, closing thoughts are on the individual and how important it is for us as individuals when we have a great idea or a new approach, even if it's off the wall, that I, I hope that we all get to the place where we feel comfortable and putting up our hand or going to that board or the whiteboard or, or sharing our screen on a Zoom call, whatever it is. And, and I, you know, the journey to feel comfortable to do that, I think, is an, the one that we need to do. And, and whether that's uh, reaching out to colleagues to, to help us frame whatever it is we're doing or, or hopefully have a boss that we can approach it's that personal journey that kind of interests me in this topic and, mm. and how important it is to that hopefully ourselves and, and those that are close to us at work uh, or in a volunteer capacity, whatever that is, uh, that we feel comfortable enough that when we have that idea and, you know, you mentioned it earlier, there's nothing worse than walking away from a situation and going, darn, you know what? I had an approach. I should have put up my hand. I should have said something. I should have passed out those diagrams or whatever the scenario is. There's nothing worse than that feeling than walking away, knowing that you had missed the opportunity and you probably could have brought some value to that situation. I love what you just said there, Alistair, because then what what bubbled up for me is, you know, we're, we're, we fall on the spectrum of either uh, shy and, and are uncomfortable uh, um, with bringing ideas forward, or on the other hand, not not shy at all and are like bubbling over with ideas and often take control so know where you are yourself and then i would encourage each of us if you're in the bold uh courageous idea um slow down and create more space for curiosity and allowing others to come around the table be that be that one goal would be at the next meeting i'm going to be conscious of creating space for those that haven't yet contributed. And if you're on the shy end and I don't contribute, make a goal that I am going to say one thing when something bubbles up in the me- inside of me, I'm going to have the courage to say one thing every meeting uh, and I'm going to build that muscle. So both sides have an opportunity depending on where you are, but it's knowing who you are and then making a choice to begin to shift towards wherever you need to go. I think we talked quite well about this topic. I think we covered everything. Uh, I think we did. Yeah, that's awesome. So listen, folks, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. I hope we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry. But Greg, uh, your philosophy lands well again on this episode for sure. Yeah, folks, we talk about this on every podcast that uh, early, early on in my in my career, I had a great coach that said in one of the first sessions that, Greg, in our dialogues, there's going to be things that are going to, you're going to feel joy and you're going to feel crunchiness. And the joy is usually things that, you know, you're going to recognize you're making progress and you're moving in the right direction and the crunchiness or the or, the, or, or that a feeling of not too good is going to be uh, when maybe you've misstepped or maybe you're not quite there yet, but both are great shifts that you should recognize in yourself and as long as you learn from them. So we do hope that in our conversations that 
there is joy. People are recognizing things that they're doing that they haven't missed the mark, uh, but we all miss the mark sometimes. So there's going to be some crunchiness sometimes where you're going to think, oh, shoot. Or you might even disagree with something we say, and that's okay too. But if you disagree with something, usually there's a learning in there. Might not be exactly what we said, but ask yourself, why am I disagreeing with it? And, and what in that can I learn to grow and become a better leader, a better team member, whatever. So uh, that's our, our philosophy. There's going to be some crunchiness. There's going to be some joy. And just uh, reflect and learn from both. And that's really what this podcast is about. Like you and I are very different people and we don't always agree uh, with what the other person says. Uh, but you know, this has been a learning environment for the two of us as well as we exchange experience, uh, things that have happened to us, decisions that we've made. And, and I, I think it's really important that people have somebody that they talk to as they go through their journey as a leader or as a manager and, and your philosophy, you know, sits well on those types of relationships as well. It's only happened a couple of times where I've been a manager that I haven't had somebody that could bounce some stuff off. And that's a really lonely, lonely place. But I've all, you know, most of the time I've benefited from having somebody around that I could bounce some things off of where they bounce things off me. And, and even if we don't agree, at least we have a better understanding of the issue or the decision that needs to be made. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So broader perspective, which is always so powerful. All right. You ready for a, a shout out? Yeah, that would be fantastic. And I automatically went and covered my sticky because you have been peaking recently. Then it just dawned on me, you're on the phone. You can't see this sticky. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But before I do the shout out, uh, I, I was sending you a couple texts over the last couple of days, Greg. And uh, there's a couple places where it looks like a group of people have been uh, switched on to our podcast. And they've been hitting our catalog up and down. And uh, we have had a phenomenal amount of downloads over the last seven days. And even today was quite high. And, and for those folks that are just tuning in and just uh, uh, kind of discovering our conversation, you know, thanks for dropping in. We really appreciate it. We hope that um, uh, you learned something, um, you know, and that our conversations uh, uh, hopefully make you have conversations with people as well. And if you ever have any questions, it's talking.ranting at gmail.com reach out and let us know what those, you know, if you have a comment or a question or anything like that, we'd love to get back to you. Yeah, that's great. So Armstrong, Ontario. So I looked it up and haven't we been talking about Thunder Bay recently? Armstrong is near Thunder Bay, Ontario. Welcome to the club. Wow. Welcome to the club. I, uh, I don't know if I've ever been to Armstrong. I was thinking Armstrong cheese. Is there a cheese factory there? There's uh, that might be a local uh, cheese, but uh, that's what jumped to my mind. Uh, but uh, welcome, Armstrong. Yeah, I don't know if I've been through it or not. I've I've spent a, a fair bit of time, uh, as we've talked about before, in Thunder Bay on the either going to Thunder Bay or on the way to somewhere else. So I don't know if I've gone through Armstrong or not. Uh, I'm probably after this going to take a look at the map again just to to see what whether that was a possibility or not. But uh, welcome to the club, folks. Welcome. So, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.